0: from the ESV. So, all of John chapter 9. As he passed by, he saw a blind man from birth, and his disciples asked him, "Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind?" Jesus answered, "It was not what this that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must And those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, Then, how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. who is a sinner, do such signs. And there was division among them. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him, since he has opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son? Mm. Who, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he sees we do not know, nor do we n- know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He's of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you wanna hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And they reviled him saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, and that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say, We see, your guilt remains. The word of God.
1: Good morning, everybody. Praise the Lord. Oops, I'm doing something here. I'm cleaning the mud. Yeah, that. Yeah, we still have. I will not put saliva, but I will just clean it. And um, I, I, as well, I want to. I, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to all the moms around. These local children, those who are watching uh, this this live stream, as Bert was uh, mentioning her, uh, his mom. I just remember mine as well, and I, I, I was thinking that it's just because of her prayers that I am, I am, I am, I am here right now. So I am grateful for all the moms, and I encouraged all the moms that they uh, please continue uh, working hard spreading the seeds on your kids because the Bible tells that those who plant the seed they will go crying and working hard but one day the the seed will bring fruit and that is a great hope for all moms um, and as well um, encouragement for them as they continue praying for their kids so happy mother's day and now we can start and we can begin with a word of prayer lord we give you thanks for this opportunity that we have to come before you and to expose to ourselves to your word and i pray that as these blind men, uh, his eyes were open. You will open our eyes, and we will see, as well, the wonders of your word. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Life, life is full of questions, right? We just saw. We just. Sang this song saying all the questions that I have all the answers that I need uh, are coming just from you that are my good good father but life is full of questions questions about suffering questions about death questions about poverty questions about the present about the past about the future where to go what should I do and questions that are almost, you, can num- you cannot number all the questions. Some are import- more important than others, and every morning that you wake up, you need to decide as many things as questions that you have in the morning, like where I should go, where I will take as a breakfast, what is my agenda for today, questions and questions and questions. And here... Chapter 9 is not the exception. Chapter 9 of the Gospel of John is the chapter in the Bible that has more questions than any other chapter in the Bible. Just a simple counting will give you a result of up to 15 questions there in this chapter. But at the same time, chapter 9 of the Gospel of John contains the most important question you and I will need to answer in this life. And this question is found in verse 35 that we just read. Do you believe in the son of man among all the questions among all the things that you are asking about life you need to make sure that you answer these question properly you need to make sure that you know the answer about this question so chapter 9 in the gospel in the Gospel of John. Let's see a little bit of background. At the end of chapter 8, the Jews wanted to kill Jesus. The Jews wanted to stone Jesus. And in verse 59 of chapter 8, we read, So they picked up stones to throw at Him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of he went out of the temple why they wanted to kill Jesus well there you have another question that is is not in the chapter but I will try to answer this little question why they wanted to kill Jesus well since chapter 5 that we saw last week if you remember The Jews were angry with Jesus because he claimed, in verse uh, 18 of chapter 5 in the gospel of John, he claimed that he was equal with God. Do you remember that? Then chapter 6, Jesus claimed that he was the bread of heaven. And then in chapter 7, Jesus claimed that he was the living water. So then we come to chapter 7, and he told them, I am the light of the world. These three illustrations of bread, of living water, and light were used in the temple in the celebra- at the celebration of the Jewish festivities. Each of them were religious practices that the Jews were doing in order to claim that is what God told us to do in order to be close to God. And then Jesus came and he was telling them, Oh, no, 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 no. I am the bread of life. I am the living water. When they were purifying themselves in order to be in this this festivity, Jesus was telling them, I am the living water. And then, at the end of chapter 8, he's telling them, I am the light of the world. So, the Jews started to become very angry at Jesus. Because What Jesus was telling them is you don't need to continue doing those rituals in order to come to God. What you need is me. I am the bread, I am the living water, and I am the light of the world. But at the end of chapter 8, Jesus closes with one of the astonishing or most amazing asseverations um, or, or conclusions that they can receive as a Jewish. When they were saying, who do you think you are? We are sons and daughters of Abraham. And you know what Jesus told them in verse Fifty-eight, Jesus told them before. Fifty-eight says, and Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So that was... That was the drop. I don't know if you have this expression in English, but is the drop that overflowed the glass? Make sense? This was the drop that overflowed the glass of the patience, patient, uh, patience of the Jewish people. Because what he is saying is, I am has sent me to you before Abraham was. I am. I am what? I am what I am God He is using the same name the Yahweh or Jehovah used when he appeared to Moses thousands of years back in time in Exodus chapter 13 verses for 13 chapter 3 verses 13 to 14 and says, um, I don't know if you have it there. Yes. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is the name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel I am, has sent me to you. So you see what Jesus is doing here. He's saying, before Abraham, I am the same name that God is using with Moses. What Jesus is telling them is, I'm sorry, but I am bigger than Abraham, I am bigger than Moses because I am. i am god and that's why they wanted to kill him so when we come to verse 1 of chapter 9 and we read as he passed by that means that jesus was running away from the jews because they wanted to kill him As he passed by, can you imagine Jesus with the hurry hurry of trying to heal himself from the Jewish? He is passing by, running from them, and there is this man in need. And Jesus stops and takes time to heal this man. He is at high risk here he is in danger here. He is trying to escape from being stoned, but he stops. As he was passing by, he stops to demonstrate grace, to demonstrate his power and mercy and compassion and even salvation to these poor beggar blind men. So, here we come with the questions. The first question that the people, that disciples of Jesus ask in verse 2 to Jesus when he stopped and saw this beggar, this blind man was in verse 2. Rabbi, they say, who sinned, this man or his parents? that he was born blind. Let me tell you up front, this is the wrong question that they need to ask to Jesus. This is the wrong question that they need to ask Jesus right there in that place. The assumption was made by the disciples because in the Jewish tradition... They linked sin and suffering. They connected these two things. And let me tell you one part they were right. The first part is that's right. Because of the fall of Adam and Eve at the beginning, So, sin entered to the world, and since sin entered to the world, entered the suffering, entered the pain, entered the thorns, entered the diseases, entered all the maladies that we find around the world right now. So, in one sense, yes, sin is connected, in one sense, sin is connected to suffering or to the disease that these men have. But... But these fallen men, this man that was suffering right there, I'm sorry, was not a consequence of sin. Yes, in general sense, yes, but he didn't sin to receive this disease. His parents, and that's what Jesus will answer there, his parents didn't sin to receive this disease. They were wrong connecting sin and suffering of a particular individual. Jesus answered their concern. How patient and loving Jesus, right? In the middle of the hurry, he was trying to hide himself from the Jews. He is passing by. He is seeing these men. He stops, and then he starts to answer the question to these men, to to his disciples. And he says, no, my friends, suffering is not connected to an individual sin, but to a fallen world, and I am coming to solve this problem. It was not that this man sinned or his parents, verse 3, but that the works of God might be displayed. What is the work of God? If you go with me to the chapter six in the Gospel of John, two chap- three chapters before, in verse 28 and 29, Jesus said, This is the work of God, that you may believe in Him who has in Him who He has sent. Again. Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who has sent. So when Jesus is telling them, okay, we are here, this man is here, the suffering of this man is for the purpose of doing the work of God. The work of God is that this man can believe in me, and all of around this man will do the same. they may believe the beggar was there to one purpose his suffering was with a purpose and this, the purpose was to believe in Jesus and there we come to the miracle and you see in the eye, verse 6 Jesus spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva and then in verse 6 says and then said to him verse 7 go wash in the pool of Siloam which means sent so he went and washed and came back seeing what a beautiful beautiful miracle don't ask me Why Jesus used saliva and mud. John is using all kinds of illustrations to tell us that he is the creator of everything. And that's what we found in chapter one of the Gospel of John. At the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and Word create everything that exists. Even this, he's using elements of the nature to show that he has the power to do what he pleases. So we see this man that was blind in darkness. He had had ever known the light. He depended on others even to come to this place to beg for mercy. And here Jesus put mud and made him and made him to go to this pool. It is unbelievable how Jesus is moving these man to do something that is against all the odds. Why not just to heal the men as he did before? He sent him, he sent him to watch in this place, With water that was not close to where he was in the temple it's far away if you see the map of Jerusalem the temple and where is this pool located you will see that these men need to go down a lot of a a lot of uh, steps down you know down road and there is the pool that collects the water that comes from the temple and there Jesus sent these men to watch, but we can see here. We can see that this man, when he heard about Jesus, telling him what to do, he didn't ask why. He said, "Yes, I'm going." and i will watch my my face in the pool can you imagine this man watching his face watching the the saliva with the, with the mud made put in in his eyes and starting to see his face in the water for the first time in his whole life these has never happened before in history according to the chapter 9 that we will read later there was something amazing about this a blind since he was born now is seen for the first time he is seeing the light i don't think this man wanted to go to the same pose when he was begging for mercy and for money and for the elms of others that were passing by. He, he went and he was jumping and celebrating that he now can see. What a beautiful, what a beautiful illustration this passage is about what Jesus can do with all of us. What a beautiful illustration of sovereign grace that without us doing nothing, Christ come and pass by, and he calls us and sends us to wash and clean ourselves from our sins in the blood of Jesus. The beggar cannot see Christ. He has never seen anything, but it says... I'm going to obey what Jesus is saying to me. Sovereign grace, sovereign grace. The blind man is a picture of the sin blinded man who has no capacity to see Jesus. A picture of the man who is profoundly, deeply in desperate blindness, and has no capacity to see the Savior. Blindness illustrates very well the darkness and lostness and helplessness from our condition without Christ. I know firsthand the meaning of being blind. I was in this hospital when I have an accident in my eyes. And probably you have heard about this story. But I don't tell this part very often because it's a little bit embarrassed. Because I was blind in this hospital. The nurses need to come... I need to cling me. Need to watch me. Need to feed me. Because I was blind. I cannot see anything. I just can hear everything, life passing by, and I couldn't see anything. I know how this beggar felt And as well, I know how was my life before Christ with, 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 when I was in darkness, when I was lost without hope in this world, living and trying not to live at the same time. Living, but I, I was wishing to be dead because I was living without meaning without seeing a purpose in my life. But here we see Jesus taking the initiative for these men. And that is as well the same miracle that happened to all of us. It is Jesus taking the initiative and coming and passing by all of us And the Holy Spirit produces this desire to obey to the voice of Jesus, to say yes to Jesus. How this is how grace operates. We were lost, we were dead. We were blind, we now know Jesus. This man received his sight, but as well as we finish in the chapter nine, we see that this man encounters Jesus and salvation. Many questions came after this miracle many questions but all of them were the wrong questions their neighbors if you see if you read verses 8 to 12 the neighbors were asking how this happened to you wrong question It's not how, it's who. And he was answering, the man called Jesus. It's not how is the man called Jesus then the Pharisees? How again? And he was telling them. This man, Jesus, sent me to, to, to put this saliva with mud in, in my eyes and sent me to wash myself and I am seeing now. What do you think about, about him? Because he's a sinner. Oh, well, for me, he's a prophet. I think he's a special. His parents... They call the parents in verses 18 to 23. Wrong questions. Is this your son? <laughs> of course he's, he is my son. Don't. But I, you are asking me how this happened, and I, I don't know. Ask him. He is of age. You can ask him. Religiosity creates fear because these people, they knew that was Jesus, but they were blind to see Jesus. Their neighbor, his neighbors, the Pharisees, his parents, for fear to lose a position, they were blind. If any should confess Jesus to be the Christ, we'll be expelled. will be sent out of this magnificent temple from this Jewish religion. And again, the Pharisees in verse 24 to 34... and this man i mean i love you when you read this story you 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 ended up loving this man he was blind but when he answered he was sharp sharp in his mind his answer is okay you are asking again the same question that i have been answering to you do you want to do you want to become his disciples as well Okay, leave me alone. Do you want to be this disciple? Because I have no time for this again. One more time. And they, they were angry. I know that Jesus is a sinner. You see the contradiction. When you are blind, you cannot, you cannot see your sin. But you blame others. So the miracle of this man was a double miracle because at the end in verse 9 chapter 9 verse 35 so Jesus heard that they were asking this man the wrong questions and Jesus came to this man again for a second time and he asked him Jesus heard that they had cast, cast him out, and having found him, he said, "Do you believe in the Son of Man?" And my brothers and sisters, and all of you that are watching this this live stream. Video, or we'll watch the video later, this is the question that all of us will need to answer sooner or later. Do you believe in the Son of Man? That is the wrong... The, I'm sorry. That is the right question. And there is only one answer. This man... he answered the right question. And who, and who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? At the end, the blind man asked the right question. Hmm. And Jesus said to him, Verse 37, you have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. Hmm. And Jesus said, for judgment I came into the world, for those who do not see may see, like you. And those who see may become blind. The neighbors, the Pharisees, his parents, all the people around who saw this miracle, they couldn't see who Jesus was. Verse 38, and he said, Lord, I believe that is the right answer. Right there. And he worship him. When you believe that Jesus is God, there is no other response than worship him. there is no other posture in life than worship him this morning the question for all of us is do you do you believe or We can be in the other side of this story where the Pharisees and others were hardened their hearts. They couldn't see Jesus. And you know, sometimes religion or being in a church can create the same reaction that these men had those days. The reaction of saying, Oh, I know everything. I'm thinking, I think that I am okay with the life that I am living, but your posture, posture is not worshiping Him. If in your life you are not worshiping Him, you need to answer this question. Do you believe in the Son of Man? Do you believe that Jesus is not just a prophet? Do you believe that Jesus is not just a charismatic man who came and walked on earth, but he is God himself giving his life? This is the purpose of this Gospel of John. John says in chapter 20 of the Gospel of John, verses Terry says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But the things that are written in this book, like the story that we just read, is for this purpose. So that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing you may have life you see believing in him result life not believing in him means not life so the question now is there for you do you believe in the son of God and if you are hearing this message right now that means that Jesus is passing by and he is seeing you And he wants to open your eyes. It doesn't matter if you have been all your life in the temple. If you have been sitting in the pews of the church all your life. But you know that you are blind. And now you are starting to recognize that yes, I am a sinner. I need Jesus to forgive my sins and to open my eyes. I want to see Jesus as the Son of Man, as the one who came from God to give life, an eternal life. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. You're giving us to be in your Word, and we pray that Today will be a day of salvation. Today will be a day where all of us will come at your feet to worship you. Today will be the day of salvation where we will believe that you are the Son of Man and then we will receive eternal life. That is the purpose of all this. That we may believe in the one who has been sent by the Father, for the Father. Thank you for your work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.